Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and today we're talking and continuing our study on God's Way is Weird. The next five weeks, including today, are finishing up the study that we started last week. This episode is called Satan Wants Us to Be Normal. Satan Wants Us to Be Normal. When you and I think about that idea of being normal, I think so often we are pushed and promoted as to what is deemed normal in our society. This is normal, that is normal, this is not normal. You need to be like this instead of like this. Well, you know, we're not the only people that have ever struggled with that, have ever dealt with it. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 through 5, we're told the following. Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said, Look, you're old. I've always thought that was kind of funny. That's how they led with the the conversation. Uh, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Israel wanted to be like all the other nations. And Samuel warns them. In verse 6, he's upset that they asked for a king, and Samuel prays to the Lord, and the Lord tells him, Heed the voice of the people and all they say to you. They've not rejected you. They've rejected me, that I should not reign over them. I'm already their king, God says. And according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. However, you should solemnly warn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel goes and tells the word of the Lord to the people who had asked him for a king, and he says this in verses 11 through 18. This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He'll take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants. He'll take your male servants, female servants, finest young men, your donkeys, put them to his work. He'll take a tenth of your sheep, and you'll be his servants. And you will cry out in that day because of your king, whom you have not chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. This is an oppressive setup. This is not a a democracy that he's discussing. This is a dictatorship. This is this king will do whatever he wants. And you would think this is enough for the people to look at this and say, well, then we don't want a king then. Uh, we were mistaken. But the people still want a king. Verse 19, it says, no, we're going to have a king over us. This request is the beginning of what they deem to be a normal life. But what the Old Testament tells me 
is a worthless life. What had God done to really deserve to be dethroned? We couldn't deny that God had taken care of the Israelites when they were in bondage. He even alludes to that in verse 6 through 9. I brought them up, but they still don't care. God has done everything for them, and yet they want to just be like everybody else. You know how sad it is that even today we have people just wanting so badly to have a normal life. They just want to be normal. Normal people believe that we don't need God. And I'm sure the devil was pleased when Israel clamored for a king to be like everybody else. Think about this too. Worldly people cause division which Satan loves. You remember the church in 1 Corinthians church at Corinth, their worldliness divided them. I mean, the people of Corinth had a rough go of sin, uh, sinful issues that were hurting the church there. One of these issues was they took their own brethren to court over what we would deem to be petty matters. We're not talking about, you know, a, a massive amount of money being stolen, thousands upon thousands of dollars. We're not talking about the issue of someone taking someone to court trying to to have them prosecuted for a serious crime. When it says in 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 4, that they are taking people to court, they're talking about it. Would, it would be, as far as I can tell, the best equivalent that I could give is if you took $20 from me and then I tried to take you to court over it. Doesn't work, right? Shouldn't be that way, right? Dare any of you, Paul writes, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? That tells me the information that we're looking for here. I've heard some say that this passage teaches that it's sinful to sue the brethren. No, that's not what it's talking about. The smallest matters. He says in verse 3, Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? Watch what Paul says about this. I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, even one who will be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goes to law against brother, and, and even that, before unbelievers. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather just accept a little bit of wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated in the smallest matters? Don't forget, that's verse 2. These smallest matters. You can be cheated over 20 to $50. You can be cheated over a certain amount of money. But now... You, know, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Watch this. I want you to listen to how normal this sounds for our world today. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, nor extortioners, none of these in that individual group None of these people that are 
classified and clarified in this group will inherit the kingdom of God. And watch how normal the church at Corinth was. Such were some of you. You played the normal game. You tried so hard to be normal. You wanted to be like everybody else. You wanted to be normal. You wanted to be like the rest of the nations. Give us a king, Israel said, so we can be like the nations. Corinth said, look at what the nation is doing. Look at what our country is doing. Look at what our world is doing. Let's do that and be like them. And Paul says, you won't inherit the kingdom of God if you do those things. This was a problem. Paul writes, it needed to be fixed because it was showing the world the division in the church at Corinth. People in the world could have easily said that they're just like us. Why would we want to become a Christian? They don't have anything to offer. They can't even fix their own issues with each other. And Paul had already laid the groundwork for why such a thing would be wrong. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, he says this, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak what? The same thing that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. We can't be normal like the rest of the world, but we can be weird. What are we supposed to do? How weird do we get with this? I know some people's impression, and perhaps even your impression of the church of Christ, is that we're weird we do a bunch of weird things. I, I know in high school at times, and I wasn't the best person in high school, there were plenty of things I wish I could take back and do better, but I know there were some things that I just refused to do, did not do, was not involved in, and I was always deemed as weird for not doing them. But weird's not really that bad. In fact, it's a really good place to be. The first century church, they were weird. Look at first, or not first Corinthians, Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. This was not happening in any other setting of society. As best as we can tell, this is something that we really don't even see happening today. They were weird. Someone had a need, they provided for that need. If they had an extra plot of land, if they had the ability to sell something and help someone, if they had a, an amount of clothing that would fetch a pretty penny, if they had this, if they had that, they would sell it and give it to the person who had that need. It was not commonplace to just sell your possessions to take care of others. These Christians were practicing something that we find reiterated in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul, the same one who wrote to the church at Corinth, saying, hey, remember how you tried to be normal, and that didn't work. So how about you be weird again? Watch Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all but especially to those who are of the household of faith. When we're divided, we are just like the world, and Satan loves that. He wants you to think that you need to be normal. He wants you to think that in order to have a wonderful life, in order to have any type of life that is worth writing home about, just be like the rest of the world. 
Let me let you in on a little secret here with the time we have remaining. The rest of the world is miserable. The rest of the world doesn't want anything to do with what you and I are doing. The rest of the world is normal. So let's be weird. I want to thank you for joining me today as we have discussed this idea of Satan wanting us to be normal. Maybe you have a specific thought, comment, maybe a topic idea you'd like to throw my way. You can email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Would you do me a favor? Would you leave a rating and review on this podcast? If you're listening to the Master Feed, that definitely helps us tremendously because the Master Feed has absolutely got the majority of our downloads. If you're listening to this having subscribed to my own personal show that you can find that is its own show, it's not connected to the Master Feed, though we have both air because we know that it would be easy for some to just have everything kind of like TiVo. You can record it all and have it in one-stop shop. But if you're listening just to my podcast, if you have subscribed just to this show, please leave a rating and review. Because by doing that on both cases, you're going to help our content reach the top part of the search engine. And when it reaches the top part of the search engine, that means when people search for us, they'll see us first. Or others who might search for the subject matter of being far better or better this, far that, we would show up. Our content would be there. And we believe that we're not perfect and that we're, we don't think we're the end-all, be-all of doctrine by any means, but we believe that our content, as long as it remains biblical and as long as it remains Christ-centered, is very profitable for anybody to listen to and to gain experience about what the Scriptures teach and what needs to be done maybe in their own life. Please leave us a rating and a review. Subscribe to all of our social media platforms that we are on. We post content every single day of the week uh, on the podcast network itself, and we also are working on some exciting things that will be coming out in the new year during the rest of this season. We're going to continue on the Far Better podcast talking about my favorite sermons that I've preached so far. This will be a part one and two. I do know that next season I believe I will be doing this as a part two. Uh, there were several sermons I had to leave out, but I'm looking forward to doing this again with you next week where we give some text takeaways to the idea of God wants us to be weird instead of being normal. Until then, let's remember to please God now so our eternity is far better.